You're listening to the Theology of Music podcast. Follow on YouTube and Instagram, support through buymeacoffee.com, and subscribe to the only podcast that unpacks the good and sometimes bad theology in the songs that we sing. Welcome again to the Theology of Music podcast. My name is Joel. Today I am joined by a wonderful, wonderful man, Mr. Liberty himself. He <laughs> is Justin Kinsel, if I'm saying his name right. Right? That's like right. Tinsel, but Kinsel? Yes. Yeah, yes. I actually got plenty of those jokes too growing oh, up. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that that happened. Well, even when I was a kid, someone said uh, they called me Justin the Pencil because Ooh. I like to draw. And I was like, Pencil doesn't rhyme with Kinsel. It's just not even a good. That's also like a really bad insult. Yeah, you it's like, like not even a good burn. I'm like, whatever. You like to draw. I'm sorry that you're skilled <laughs> in art. Gosh. That was just someone who was insecure back in the day. Well, Mr. Yeah. Kinsel here uh, is, uh, was, were you born and raised in Virginia? No, actually, I was born uh, in the Army in Louisiana, and then we moved Ooh. to Colorado, so I grew up in Colorado. Nice. So then you went to Virginia for Liberty. That's right. And he eventually became the worship pastor at Liberty and led convocation and campus church services. Yep. And then he graduated from college, got his master's. Did you get your master's in worship and theology? No, I actually started my master's. Didn't finish. Uh, I started it kind of in worship. And then now I'm actually pursuing it uh, at Southern Seminary, getting a nice. uh, master's of divinity. Uh, in theology, and uh, should be ha- I should be done with that by the time I'm 40, something like that. <laughs> so <laughs> nice, wonderful. Yeah. Well, he graduated there. He met his wife there. They started worship leading and songwriting together. He has two albums. One of which on the cover, he has the beautiful goatee, timeless, timeless, <laughs> just little little soul the patch little, down there. It's beautiful. The little gem yeah, guy. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> Uh, though they experienced some heartache and loss, and he'll probably talk about that later, but um, now he is in, uh, he's the worship pastor at Grace Church in Eden Prairie, Minnesota, uh, yeah. and that church, what, what's the size of that church? Uh, so probably live in the room, we're probably doing, you know, five, 6,000, and then mm-hmm. uh, we have about uh, five, 6,000 online as well now since COVID, Shoo. so... Well, one of the things he's passionate about is to see the people of God lifting high the name of Christ within the apple of his eye. I love that you say that, the local church. <laughs> so he has a wonderful wife, Ashley, who is also a singer-songwriter and worship leader, and incredibly blessed parents of three amazing girls and a boy. Yes. So I have two girls. I can only imagine three and then a boy. <laughs> Dear Lord. It, it gets crazy. It sounds it gets crazy. crazy. Just speaking so. of, if I mean, my, my daughter literally last night, I was coaching at uh, CrossFit at a gym and my daughter my wife calls me she's like she just cut her head open on the on the bath oh. I was like are you kidding me <laughs> but it wasn't too bad so we were gonna get, get stitches but it would stop bleeding but then she went and got like liquid stitches today or whatever but I was like oh no only two kids I can only imagine the craziness of four oh, when man, that it, happens it does get crazy but you know just having one human being in your <laughs> life that you have to take care of that is growing up and you're responsible for and you have to try to not screw up you know <laughs> like even that that's that's a big challenge it's so, an yeah, immeasurable four, responsibility yeah yeah four is crazy but really any is is a it's true shift you know well he also i i've seen your graphic design incredible job in your video production oh, you are just you. see you justin pencil worked <laughs> justin worked out <laughs> it worked out in the end because you did do graphic design and video production so that's it worked right. out um yes. you, he has a great blog if you ever want to... Um, I think Justin writes from a really wonderful shepherd's perspective and pastor perspective on current events 
and I don't think he's just doing it because he wants to hear himself talk, um, like some people Certainly do, or like not, you might yeah. think this podcast is. But I think <laughs> that he, uh, I think that it's worth a, a read. I know there's a bunch of content out there right now that you could say, hey, listen to this or read this. But um, following him on Facebook is probably, I think, the best way. I don't know if yeah. you would agree, just because it's easier, I think, to read your posts than saying like yeah. oh, I got to go to the blog today or something like that. But uh, I, yeah, I enjoy following the you best on Facebook and reading your like stuff. Kind of the updates, yeah, for yep. sure. So with that crazy intro, Justin, thank you for being on this podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Fin- we finally made it happen, we, sir. We, we made we, it happen. It's been a while. Yeah, things have just been uh, kind of a whirlwind, you know, for us because we, we came to this church here in Eden Prairie uh, like a year and a half ago, you know, almost two years. And it's just been, you know, when you get into a new place, you know, they say it takes like three years for you to really feel like, okay, I, yeah. I think I know all the boundaries and I know what my role is and I know what's expected of me. It takes like a good three years. Um, and we've kind of moved all over the map a little bit. And so this was just another big transition for us. So the last year and a half, this is probably the, the other than Liberty, this is the largest organization that I've really yeah. been involved in. And so it's just been a lot of uh, shifting and a lot of changes and a lot of learning and um, it's been good. But yeah, so things have just been crazy. So I'm glad we were able to figure out a time to do this. Yeah, <laughs> so. I know. I, I love how I had to guilt you being like, look, Meredith Andrews agreed to be on the podcast. You better give me a date now. And you're <laughs> like, all right, fine, fine, if she can. What I do love, so I love to hear, you know, one of the things I love about ministry is what draws people to certain churches to work there, right? And so what yeah. what drew you to Grace? Because, I mean, you you know, you part of your story is you guys went back home and you were leading at a church back in Colorado. So what made right. the switch for you to say, I want to go to Grace? Yeah, I mean, and it was the kind of thing where it had to be really clear. You know, my we were, again, we were at my home church. Uh, we're, you know, we loved the church. We were beloved there. And um, my parents were like two blocks away and they were a great support system for us. We're really close to them. And so to move to a place where... Keep going. You, Oh, okay. We're, to move to a place where we didn't have um, a support system or have all these things close to us was going to have to be a serious call. And so anyway, mm. we got this message from this church. I just got a message from someone in HR from a place called Grace Church in, in Minnesota, just through my Facebook. Really? And yeah, and, and basically the girl was just like, hey, you know, our senior pastor would love to have a conversation with you. We're looking for a worship pastor. And I was just kind of like, hey, I... I'm always open to like what right. the Lord has, at least, you know, because I'm not signing anything by talking to someone. So sure. And um, so we get on the phone and I, I start talking to this pastor and I don't know anything about this church at right. all. Uh, I don't know the size. I don't know kind of the theological bent. I don't know the, denom- the denomination. I don't know any of that stuff. And so I got on the phone with him and it was just really clear that super quick we had aligned you know, we just saw that, man, theologically and just church governance-wise and all those things, like, we were just yeah. really connected. Um, and that was probably the biggest thing, because for me, you know, I've been in large organizations, I've been in small organizations of, you know, all that kind of stuff, and I had kind of come to believe that, especially in the church world, um, that, like, really great music and, like, mm-hmm. modern mm-hmm. kind of contemporary music and like solid expository like biblical preaching could not exist in the same structure Mm. Uh, so that's kind of what i had just come to believe either you have like like lights out awesome music with kiddie pool level theology yeah exactly or it's the other way around you have like this just rock star preaching and it's like 
dang, like that's awesome. It's convicting. It's true. And you don't want to like show up whole... for the music. Yeah, and the music is just garbage. And, you know, they have styrofoam cups for the coffee and, you know, just garbage everything else, you know. So I just, that's where I really come to believe. So to talk yeah. to this pastor, his name's Troy Dobbs, um, to sit, kind of, well, sit down with him, but talk to him on the phone from Colorado, I was just like, wow, it's, it really seems like, man, these two can and should yeah. coexist. Um, so that's kind of what, what drew me here is just A, the Lord's calling, and it was kind of green light after green light, and just everything seemed obvious. Um, but just, you know, the fact that theologically, he and I are, are very aligned and, and, you know, very conservative theologically, and he's an right. expository preacher. We go through books of the Bible together, and um, then we can have this just, you know, modern, contemporary, dynamic, you know, edge worship. Mm, edgy worship. That's so. that's what I like. I like edgy worship. You know, just <laughs> angst to it. Some yeah. some pop punk. I love that. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So what? And the cool thing is. So the other the other aspect is how do you get? Often, you know, if you've been in ministry long enough, you know, those churches with the more deep theological um, sermons that are, are more expositional, exegetical, topical. Not topical, but really like yeah. let's pull from scripture, right? Um, you don't see them be 5,000 people at a church, right? So how did, right. how did Grace get there from that? Or was, you know, do you know that story? You know, so it's, it's, it's definitely a long story. I've been asking a lot of questions about the place, and it's super interesting how God has just taken this church on this journey over time. And, and there's, you know, in the past of this church, there's uh, moral failures and mm. all kinds of things sort of set against it. At one time, you know, there were millions and millions and millions of dollars in debt they had just launched this new building, the building that we're in now. And at one point, this building was supposed to, like, essentially be sold to Best Buy, to be Best Buy headquarters. Wow. And, uh, you know, so to see it come from there all the way to now, where in 2019, right before I got here, they retired the debt completely. So we wow. own our entire property. We're not in debt at all. Um, so to see where that's come is, is really cool. And so to come in after that um, and kind of have this forward trajectory, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And COVID was actually one of those situations where we grew through COVID. Obviously, yeah. we had to shut down, yeah. but when we started open, opening back up, um, you know, the, the, the stance that my pastor took on some of those things, and really in the way that he led, you know, he's, he's actually kind of a leader in the city as far as the churches are concerned. Wow. So other churches are kind of looking to him of like, what do we do? Right, what are you doing? Okay, let's kind of yes. base off. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, awesome. So he's, he's a man of principle, and um, he, he really is a leader in the community. And so kind of the way that he handled it, I think people were, were really interested in yeah. coming. And then when they come, you know, we, we preach the Bible. So I think part of it is, you know, it's, you can get some of the expository preaching that is like super top shelf uh, in right. terms of just like understanding. And it's just like, man, I like, it's really good, but it's just for really heady people. Yeah. Um, what I love about Troy is he'll take those same truths that are super up top and he'll bring them down to the bottom shelf so that everybody can can yeah. get them. So yeah, he sweet. doesn't shave off anything. You know, he doesn't right. he doesn't, you know, dumb it down necessarily, but he simplifies so that people it's can more understand accessible. the yes, yeah. big time. Yeah. So I think that's probably how it's like it's expository, um, but it's, it's not boring. It's excessively expository. Yes. And it's challenging too. So right. I think people are, you know, they leave with something really meaningful yeah. uh, to apply. So you, in your story, uh, there's a big part of your story is this this kind of crisis of faith, you know, this screaming at the Lord from a grassy hill 
uh, yes. during a staff meeting. I remember that story. Uh, and you you walked with uh, with doubts while still serving in ministry, right? And so people who know this podcast know that you know I'm I'm no longer in ministry, and there's some church hurt in there. Yeah. Um, how how did you know that it was still you know, you came to this crisis of faith and you came to this realization that the church you're at was the, the exact church that you were telling you, sh- you know, you're, they were doing things you didn't think were good. And right. you were saying, this is not the good thing for the church to do. Why did you then say, or how did God show you, no, I, but I, I want you to stay in ministry, but I want you to do this. Like, what was, how did that happen? You know, I think that was just such a super long, drawn out process because I wanted to leave so many times. Yeah. You know, I had sort of that feeling of like, you know what? I'll just go be a barista. <laughs> like for real, I'll just go do anything. Every worship this. pastor's second job is barista. There's, <laughs> yes, there it is. Yeah. I'm also a barista over a, um <laughs> pegged you, got you. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where there were so many times that I wanted to leave. Mm. Um and I think the things that really kept me in, I mean, number 1 was my wife. Actually, you know, she didn't she wasn't like you're going to be a pastor or else like whatever. <laughs> But you could just tell, like, she, you know, she had this call on her life when she was very young in that she always had this sense that she would marry a pastor and she'd mm. be a, like a pastor's wife and she'd be a ministry, we'd be a ministry family. And so when I started to really kind of deconstruct after this big hurt in my life. <gasps> the word deconstruct, oh no. Yes, I mean, I was I was headed down that road. I was like, I, I don't even know if any of this is legit, Yeah. you know. Yeah. And I think what was going on is I was looking at the people who claim to be people of God yeah. rather than God himself. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I would look at the people who were like, yeah, like I'm in a place of power. I'm a pastor. I'm, you know, we are the church people. And I would look at it and just go like, well, yeah. dude, what is all this? You it's know, not like, lining up. Man, forget this, you know. Um, and so I think when I made that transition, and this isn't to say that anyone who has left ministry and, and stayed out because I have actually a number of friends who have just been like, hey, I just, I, I need to move in a different direction. I still love yeah. the church. I still love Christ. I just need to do this. Um, so this isn't to say that they are um, somehow not focusing on God. Oh, but I think, thanks. From, <laughs> you know what I'm I mean? Kidding. Like, no, it's not to say that at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think just for me, it was, I know my specific view was I was looking at these people and going, yeah. something isn't working here. And I don't, I don't, this isn't for me. Yeah. Um, versus when I made some shift to where I went, you know what? Like the church is the apple of God's eye. Mm. And I do feel called to it for the rest of my life uh, with all the bumps and bruises and frustrations and toxins you yeah. know, that can yeah. present themselves. I do feel called to it. Um, and I need to love her because Christ loved her and died for her, even in her super broken state. Yeah. Mm, uh, so I think yeah. when I made that transition in my heart, um, I think that's when I was like, you know, I, I got to stay in this thing and uh, it's probably going to still really hurt. And it might, it might take me out earlier than I, <laughs> I want to, you know, it might kill me, Yeah. but uh, I'm going to, I'm going to stick, I'm going to hang in there. So, so w- what has been now that you're in this new arena, right? So you have this new drive that you just said, this new purpose behind serving in ministry that you didn't have before. Yeah. What What are the obstacles you face in the arena you're in now at, at a large church that is, you know, you could say is similar in the sense of it's got kind of similar feel to 
elevation Bethel Hills. Like it's you've got the big yeah. church model, right? So yeah. what do you what do you face now with your new drive? That's kind of like an obstacle to that drive. Sure, um, and that's a good question. You know, I think for me, my main thing right now is I just I want to be, I want to be a really good leader, and I want to be a really good pastor. Like I want mm. to I want to be great at that, um, and also. I want to be a really good husband and father. Yeah. Uh, so I think my greatest challenge is, you know, I, I guess it's it's my greatest challenge is being okay with being a mediocre pastor. Mm. You know, so that I can be a, a wonderful father um, and husband. Amen. And I, I haven't figured that out yet. I'm working on that. But, yeah. but that's my challenge is that I want to be present and active and and like here with my family yeah. and so and I also don't want them to resent the church um, yeah because of how much they've taken from their father mm. uh, I want them to love the church I want them to love Christ I want them to love good theology uh, and I want them to I want their father to be someone who is happy and engaged when he comes home, not just like toast and frustrated right, yeah. and just maxed out. Mm. So that's that's kind of the balance that I'm looking for right now, and I'm still pursuing. And some days I do it really well, and most days I don't do it well. And so my prayer every single night is, Lord, just save my children and help mm. me not mess it up. Amen. That's <laughs> dude. I love that. That is that's your. You're literally preaching to the choir here because that was, you know, I'm a I'm a PK, so I grew up in the church. Yes, right? wow. And yeah. and so I know, you know, when I when my wife and I entered ministry, one of the biggest things we talked about with kids was like I don't want them to resent the church because not like I resented the church, but her own family, in her own family, her one of her sisters fell away from the church because her dad was so like you have church, mm. church, church, even though he wasn't a pastor. Yeah. And yeah. then even one of one of my siblings isn't really living for the Lord. It, it was, yeah. you know, part of it it is because like, wait, how how accessible is your father when he is on call 24-7 and his whole job is literally to think about other people, right? right? Well, and I, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and that's part of the thing is that, you know, it can swallow you whole if you let it. Oh, so easily. And so it has to be the kind of thing that, man, we got to be like real, if you're a pastor, you got to figure out how to be really well boundaried. Yeah. And the word no is actually like a key to the next level, you know, yeah. and like not in a weird theological way, but I mean like in, in terms of more freedom in your time and more freedom in your mind and, and less anxiety and, and more um, intimacy with your family right. uh, and even more like, you know, better relationships with your team yeah. um, at church, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, you just got to learn how to say no to stuff. And I'm still... By the grace of God, we figuring all that out. You know, <laughs> it's interesting. As you're talking, it makes me think of. Do you remember those old like, uh, like water, like rubber water things that would you could squeeze and the water would move to one side or whatever? Yeah, and like, like that. flip and out like, of your hand. Yeah, and, stuff. and they're like, yeah. And it, it, I think it's the same thing with the priorities and being ministry. Oftentimes, we the ministry will squeeze you and it bloats to the side of being there as more of a pastor. And it it's the self importance of being. Well, no, I have to be there for my my people. Right. They need to be, and then what happens is on the other side, your family's getting the lesser of it all of the self-importance it, that rightfully yeah. should be put into the the husband and the leader of the home is like you are self-important in the sense that you have to make an account for what happens with your your family spiritually and emotionally and mentally right. and physically, and so. Well, and you're ministry, touching on yeah. on what's correct about that is that it's a it's a tension to be managed, yeah, uh, rather a than self. a problem to be solved. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's it is one of those things that um, it's kind of always there and you're kind of always having to adjust based on the seasons. And like my family yeah. already knows, you know, that December, like November, it starts to really ramp up and get crazy, just like around Easter, because that's the cadence of church. Yep. Um, so they kind of they're, they're OK with it, you know, yeah. and they, they get it. But at the same time, I just I want to be really uh, strategic in where I'm putting the, the resources of my time and make yeah. sure that my family's not, you know, getting kicked right in the teeth with all that. I love that. I, I think that line is so perfect, being a mediocre pastor but being a wonderful husband and father. I think that's that it really does put it, uh, it hits the nail on the head, and I, I think that needs to be um, said for, uh, for all of uh, anyone who serves in ministry. I think it's mm. really pertinent to do. Well, and I think it just shows, too, like where, where are we putting our trust? Because I think mm. one of the things I know that drives me in terms of when I just like pour in and then my family's over here and I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, like I've, my, my priorities are super out of whack. Usually that's because of an anxiety that's risen up in me of like, mm. I need to prove myself somehow, or I need to do this so that, um, I don't lose favor with somebody or some people or some group or, you know, that I can kind of stay out front and, you know, it's like that it's, it's pride. Yeah. It's pride. And so I think when I realize, okay, here's the thing, like the Lord put me here. Um, he's the one that just picked me up in this ocean wave and just moved me in this t- position, and he can take me out just the same. And, and Amen. he's done it. You know, he's put me in positions, and he's taken me out of positions, all yeah. out of my control. So if I'm going to think that like, okay, you know, I need to just white knuckle this and like mm. work myself into the ground and, and, and bury my family and never see them, that kind of stuff, um, it really just shows that I, I don't trust God. Amen. Yeah. I love that. I, I, I think you I think you're going against the grain in in a way that is is doing it the right way, right? Because if you guys if you listen to this podcast and you know, it's no no offense, Justin, if you've never listened to this podcast, totally fine. You don't have to say anything. <laughs> but um one thing I've talked about a lot in this podcast is we need to go against the grain of culture in our in the, the cultural Christianity right now through our own uh actions, right? Not through Mm -hmm. our words, right? So setting an example by what we do, and then people would follow suit, right? So someone, so let's say you uh, being a prominent worship leader in the country, right? Because you lead at a large church and you've been for the liberty, you even went to their uh, celebration and you led with some pretty big names, right? And so you, you are a bigger name in a worship, worship leading in the, in the country. Let's say you're talking to a young worship leader who's you know newly married or something like that, and he has these aspirations to be something, and mm-hmm. you just saying, "Yeah, you know, I mean, like I really don't want to put too much into this right now of being this pastor, or like we're working on the set list right now because my my daughter's having a hard time at school and I need to be more present," and yeah. him just hearing that, not you saying, "Hey, you need to make sure you're present with your family." And don't make, let work be a job, you know, like that kind of thing. Right. right? But you just doing right. that and living your life for the glory of the Lord is changing the culture. And I, I, so I'm just praising you for that because I think oh. you're doing a wonderful job. And I hope that God continues to give you in, interactions with young, impressionable guys, mm-hmm. uh, worship leaders who have maybe be misguided because they've grown up through... Um, cultures or idolizations of certain, you know, ministries and, and even yeah. universities that treat, teach them, you know, you need to be about your brand and whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I hope that God continues to give you those opportunities so that you, through your actions, right, not just through your mm. platform, but through your actions show, hey, this is the right thing. Well, I, I appreciate that, man. You know, again, it's, that's, that's my conviction, um, but I don't always do it well. Like, it's, it's the constant sort of battle 
Yeah. Um, but even so, you know, with even with kind of the wanting to make a name for myself or wanting to be famous, that stuff, um, you know, I think we have to die to that as well. Yeah. You know, the idea that like, man, I want to, and I had that, I had it. You know, I, I opened up for Third Day and I was making records and doing all that stuff like at Liberty. And that's, you know, like that's yeah. that's the trajectory I was on. Um, and then, you know, I think the Lord used suffering to burn that away. Mm. And so it really is this thing now where I'm like, man, I want to just be faithful. Yep. And this isn't patting me on the back. I'm just saying this is just sort of what the Lord has done. I'll pat it's, you on the back. It's okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um <laughs> You know, this is just what the Lord has done in, in our hearts, just me and Ashley both, is that, yeah. like, man, suffering is really that currency that God uses to sort of wean us off of the world. Mm. And so it, this this thing, like, uh, one of my favorite quotes now is, um, preach Christ, die, and be forgotten. Yes. Uh, Zig Ziglar? That's right. Well, yes. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And so it's um, it's one of those things where it's like, man, that that's what, that's what God wants from us. He wants, yep. like, mundane... Everyday, boring faithfulness and obedience, yep. and then He will use us, and He'll put us in places if we truly are obedient. If we're constantly looking for like our platform and our opportunity, and what's God's will for my life, and you know all that kind of stuff, um, I think we can miss the forest through the trees. Amen. I love that suffering is the currency God uses to wean us from the world. Look mm-hmm. at you with your your pithy sayings. They're perfect. <laughs> Not negatively. My little, my little uh, sanctimonious platitudes. <laughs> yes. I, I, I had Mike Donahue from 10th Avenue North on the podcast, and I'm yeah. saying he's like full of these pithy sayings. And he was like, no, like they're good. I'm like, oh, no, I, I don't mean pithy in a bad way. I just meant like yeah. very little like, like just, nuggets. Just, like nuggets that just smack you in the face with like, oh, I got to think about that for five <laughs> sure. minutes. Like, stop doing that. Yeah, I lo- yeah. But I love talking to people like you who do that because you're just like, dang it. Give me give me a second. I need to <laughs> yeah, think hang about wait, this. Wait, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Listener, you need to hear that again. He just said suffering is the currency God uses to wean you from the world. Mm. Don't move past that real quick. You need to listen to that again. So yeah. that that's beautiful. And I love that. I love that you 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 have that mentality. And I think in my own life too, I've seen God do similar things, right? So, you know, I was very similar. I wanted to make it. I even wanted to write songs the same way for my church back in Virginia and then I my worship group that we have. There were times in the beginning where I was like, I want I want to get famous. We, I want our songs to make it. Yeah. And, and, you know, what the Lord, same thing, God used this past year of this crazy suffering that we went through in this crazy season mm-hmm. to wean me off of that. And then what's been so interesting is if you've, if you guys have listened to the podcast from the beginning to where it is now, you can see that like what I've talked about has changed. And then what's been so interesting is God has thrown guests our way on this podcast, including yourself, out mm-hmm. of nowhere that I think we, I wasn't ready to have and God wasn't ready for me to interview, right? Until sure. I was able to say like, yeah, I've been through suffering and I've been weaned from the world um, where, you know, like, I don't think, I think it was, I, I'm always the, 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 the leaning that God's timing is always going to be sovereign. So like when, yeah. if you get an opportunity now, you didn't get it before for a reason. That's right. right. So, so like you getting on the podcast happens today, even though we kept like, oh, I can't, we can't line up. We can't line up. It happened right. today because it's when it was supposed to happen from the Lord. Meredith yeah. Andrews, all the other people, because the Lord humbled me. And I think yeah. that's that's the important thing that you're saying is stop looking for the platform or or not even just the platform, for the blessing without yeah. being humbled. And maybe if you actually seek the humility, you might get the blessing. Doesn't mean you will, but you might yeah. get it. Right. Well, and and we know, like I just looked it up, Matthew 23, 12, um, you know, Jesus says... Uh, 
for those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Yeah. And that's yeah. like, you, you see that side of it and it's just like, <laughs> ouch. Yeah. And then those who humble themselves will be exalted. And, and that doesn't, again, that doesn't mean like, hey man, if you're super humble, you're going to be the next uh, <coughs> Phil Wick. You know, like that's not necessarily a, no. a, a, yeah. a formula, but it is to say, man, if we're chasing this stuff and we look at our cultural trappings within Christianity of like, man, Hillsong and, and Bethel and these huge movements and sort of that's the standard. Yeah. Um, and then we're just chasing that. And I think sometimes we always use the caveat of like, well, I want these songs to be sung all over the world. You know, we want, we want, we want these songs for the church. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing to say, um, but I do just part of me just goes, all right, let's just examine that, that motive. It might not be wrong. Um, I think the church singing truth is a really good thing to pursue. Right, yeah. Um, but let's just be super clear, like, who we are exalting when yeah. we do that stuff. And, yeah. and if it's us, you know, even in a small amount, like, we just, we got to be really careful with that. Yeah. You're, you know? you're, thanks for smacking me in the face with that, but because that's what I used to say about our music. Uh, <laughs> I did too. I was like, I, I did too. The, Man, I, you know, I'm, I'm writing for the local church and the global church. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I just, I look at my own motives and I'm going, okay, what was I really saying when I was saying yeah. that? What I was saying was, I wanted to be like Hillsong. I wanted to be, you know, one of these big records that people come and they, they listen to this stuff and we're like, and they're waiting for your next, next drop. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're writing songs and then, you know, like, we're, we're Chris Tomlin, and we're writing How Great Is Our God, and everyone's singing it, and we're also getting paid, you know, like to, yeah. Yeah. you know, you just want to be on on that level. Yeah. Um, and I think just with suffering comes humility, yep. and with humility comes, you know what, Lord, just put me where I'm going to be of the most value to you. I feel like you and I are just the same person, because I literally <laughs> have said in my time, in my life, I want to be the next Chris Tomlin. Uh, yeah. So this is this is fun. But you know what's, what's so cool, and I think what you just said um, gives me an example. So yesterday, so people who listen to podcasts know part of us, our season was going through counseling. So I don't know if you went through counseling yep, with everything sure that happened, did. which is, I always recommend people do. Absolutely. Um, and my counselor is also a pastor at a church. Uh, it's a more traditional kind of Baptist church, but they have this beautiful grand piano in their, in their auditorium. And after counseling yesterday, I had been kind of working on a Christmas song and I was like, Hey, can I, they let me play the piano from time to time after counseling sessions. Yeah. Um, and so the little church ladies sit in the pew and they listen to me play. And I was like, can I work on this? And anyway, their praise director was there that day. And he was like, hey, I want to listen to you. And I was playing a song from our last album from Romans. And he was like, oh, you wrote a so you wrote songs from Romans. I want to hear that. And I played it. And he was like, we're going to do that song because he loved it. And it wow. wasn't, hey, t look at my, I'm touting my horn. It was, I I'd chosen to get the help that I needed through counseling. Yep. And God opened a door for me to just play piano at a church, not on Sunday or anything. It was just me doing what you love to do too, which is play music, right? Yeah. And that that person that I literally wasn't necessarily thinking about when we wrote those songs loved that song and they're going to do it at the church, right? And I think that's the difference is I was seeking humility and I was seeking to grow and be changed and be sanctified through counseling and through submitting to the word, right? And submitting mm -hmm. to wise counsel, right? And in that, someone was blessed by music that I wrote, mm -hmm. right? And that was the difference. It wasn't me saying, I want to reach this church in South Carolina or these yes. churches and wherever. And, and that's the difference that I think Justin's saying, and you guys need to listen to, is don't worry about the reach and scope of, what, of your influence. Let yeah. the Lord help you see the most important influence which is your direct scope so like you're 
when it says you, you know, the humbled will be exalted, mm-hmm. maybe your exaltation is literally just your kids loving you more and they love their dad and they tell people, my, my dad is just so, I love how my dad is always there for me. That's your yeah. exaltation and that's enough. Absolutely, man. It's like, dude, we, we, I, I want for nothing. And that's just the truth in my life. I have a, yeah. I have a roof over my head. I have a mm-hmm. bed to sleep in. I have a beautiful wife. I have awesome kids who are alive and healthy. Um, we have food every single day, whenever we want. We, we want for nothing. Yeah. And that's an amazing place to be. You know, I don't have to be this like famous superstar songwriter and feel all this angst of never having enough. And, you know, I think we can just get caught into that stuff. And the yeah. truth is, um, what I, you know, I think what I've come to is just I want to pour into my family. And again, this is stuff I, I don't do well all the time, but this is what I'm pursuing. <laughs> right. Conviction and implementation are different, but it's okay yes. to keep going for it. Yes. But I'm 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 moving in this direction. And it's that I wanna I wanna I wanna passionately like pursue and love my family well. And mm-hmm. I wanna pastor my family. Amen. So I wanna be like a pastor dad first. And then I just wanna love uh, my church. And so if I write songs and we we start doing stuff and we record stuff. Ultimately, it's for the church that God has given me to shepherd, you know. Amen. Um, and then if it goes beyond that, then that's that's up to him. And, and then we can navigate that as we go. But that's truly the the idea is that, Amen. you know, the songs are for this church that, that I've been called to serve. You Amen. Know? So we're, we're approaching 30-ish minutes, and I try to keep them around 30. Now, okay. at times, I also do extended for people who do the paywall. I have a paywall for people Sweet. who want to, but, but anyway, so we can continue to talk, um, or we can end it here. Um, but you know, what is, what is something that you feel like are, are things that need to be said in, in today's climate right now as a Christian? Like what, from your perspective as, as not just a pastor, but as just a Christian living in today as a father and everything, like what's, what's important to you right now that need, you think people need to know? I think we need to have discernment as the body of Christ. And what does and that mean? I think, I think from so many angles, like theologically, um, politically, you know, sociologically, like we, we need to have discernment and we need to have a, the mind of Christ. We need to have a biblical mm. mindset when pursuing all of these things in the world and yeah. all of these ideologies and theologies that are being presented today. I think when we just sort of sit back and we don't really think through stuff biblically, but instead we just sort of let it all in and like, hey, whatever, and we're just kind of going with the flow. Um, that's really dangerous territory, especially yeah. if we're not in the Word actively. Like if we're not letting the Word like change us and give us boundaries on how to think, yeah. um, then, man, we're like sitting ducks. And so I, I think that's my biggest caution to Christians today is like we have to ask for wisdom and we have mm. to have discernment based on Scripture. Yeah. Uh, and I just... I think that's the biggest thing I see is like just a total like, hey, just let it all in. And we, you right. know, it's a lot of just we think our own stuff about whatever and we come to our own conclusion. My and we truth. really kind of leave. Yeah. Yeah. We leave scripture out and we're like, yeah, Jesus and cool and heaven, great. Uh, but ultimately, what I think and blah, 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 blah. And we just, it's, it's, it's dangerous territory. Yeah. Amen. So, you know, it, we're probably going to be, um, 
I, like, I don't want to go extended because I want people to be able to listen to all of you. That's the problem. Sure. Like, I want people to listen to all of you. That's well, how, the about, hard part. how about we do this again sometime? That's, that that's what we'll do. Because the problem is, like, it's my We it's broke my the tension. first egg, so now, you know, I, I it's it's easy. Have a, is it, was it good enough that you're like, okay, let's, I'll do it we again. Can, totally. You know, got, to me, it's always like just the, okay, figuring out, you know, okay, sitting down, a new person, all, you know. So now it's all good. I got I'm past happy the to first date, guys. Anytime. I got past the first <laughs> date. We're getting there, man. Okay. Well, here's the cool thing. Where can people find you other than your... So you've got your website, justinkinsel.com. Yep. Uh, you've uh, got music on Spotify, right? Where else? That's right. Yeah. So Spotify, Apple Music, um, okay. Amazon Music, just wherever you listen to music, you can mm-hmm. probably find me there. Uh, and then Facebook and Instagram, Justin awesome. Kinsel. Yeah. So once again, uh, thank you so much, Justin, for for being on this podcast. You guys know if you if you want ever to you want to recommend me, try to reach out to people. You can always find us on Instagram, so Theology of Music, Theology and Music at gmail.com for any type of email correspondence. We have a YouTube channel. Uh, you can go there too. But yeah, if you guys want to um, comment on Justin's his, his podcast, you guys can let me know how it went on the on Instagram. But thank you so much, Justin. One, obviously, we're gonna stay on, me. but. But thank you so much for being on this podcast, man. It was such a blessing. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And um, God bless. Ooh, beautiful. Well, (laughs) and as I always tell my guests, man, I I hope you have a a great Lord's Day as you worship and lead the the church and and the Bride of Christ on on Sunday and corporate worship. And and I hope it's a great day for you. Yeah. With that, guys, thank you so much for listening. And uh, we'll see you later. 